0: Welcome to another episode of the Water Women Podcast, the podcast All Things Ocean. I'm your host, Jill. Hey pals! Before we jump into this episode, I'm so excited to let you know that today's episode is actually being brought to you in partner with Anato. I am beyond excited to share Anato with you all because it's something I am so passionate about and use literally every day. Anato is a regenerative lifestyle brand that's based in Santa Cruz and offers skincare and workshops and so many other resources. It uses renewable resources to create their fantastic skincare products that you can feel so good about using because they're all about sustainability and even further than that, regeneration of our planet. The packaging is phenomenal, probably my favorite skincare packaging I have ever used or seen, and it's all zero waste and so easy to use. I stand by their products 100% because I love them so much and I use them every single day, and I am not a big skincare person, at least I wasn't until I started using Anato because I love it. My personal favorites are the Tree Balm Rescue & Relief which is always in my bag or in my pocket, easy to grab because I use it so often. And the Kelp Forest face mask, which quickly became a necessity in my weekly self-care nights. Because Anato is so amazing and they love Water Women so much, they are giving us a code, a special code to get 20, yes, 20% off your purchase from them. You can get this purchase on all their bestsellers by using code WATERWOMEN, when you're purchasing your new favorite regenerative skincare at anatolife.com. That is is A-N-A-T-O-L-I-F-E.com, and using code WATERWOMEN, W-A-T-E-R-W-O-M-E-N. I cannot wait for you guys to try out Anato because I know you'll fall in love with it as fast as I did. Welcome to Water Woman Podcast. I would love to start out with you introducing yourself by your full name and what pronouns you use.
1: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Um, my name is Jannevee Kramer and
1: I am an artist. I founded um, my small art business, which is Below and Beyond Arts, and which focuses basically on marine biodiversity and marine conservation. And I try to basically highlight the magic of the ocean with my artwork and spread awareness through it.
0: I am so excited to have you on. When you reached out to me on Instagram, like I was telling you, I immediately started stalking your work, and it is absolutely beautiful. So I'm so excited to share that with everyone today and for them to go check it out also and to kind of hear more about your ocean and marine journey. So let's dive into that a little bit. and like, What made you fall in love with the ocean and decide to kind of pursue this?
1: Oh, my goodness. I mean, I think I've been obsessed with the ocean for as long as I can remember um, <laughs> I mean as many water women are you know it's kind of once it gets a hold of you it's hard to let it go. Um, I grew <laughs> up um, spending a lot of my holidays on the English coast which is very different to other parts of the world it's really rugged and wild and um, even as a toddler I'd spend a lot of my time wading through rock pools and trying to get as far into the ocean as I could before my mum would <laughs> scream and yell to get me back. Um, and I just always had a fascination with it. And, you know, we always had all the old David Attenborough um, documentaries on uh, VHS tape and I used to sit and watch them over and over again and I'd pretend that I was him when I was wading through these rock pools. And I think for me, it just, that passion never really left Um but I think as an artist, it really solidified for me that this is what I wanted to do with my career um, when I started diving more. So I started diving mm. in 2013. Um, again, I started all of my training in here in the UK, which when you start out and you live near London, it's a, there's a lot of a very murky cold lake. So not a lot to see other than crayfish, really. Um, even <laughs> then, I was still obsessed and I loved it so much. And from then on, I sort of went on to, I've done, been really lucky to dive in a lot of places around the world, um, and it was when I started just to see how much there was and the the vibrancy and the textures and just how many different things there were that just absolutely blew my mind. Um, and I guess for me, that's where my journey with my artwork really started, um, because I wanted to find a way to share that with people you know none of my friends at school were ever diving and so I, was always, I was always the nerdy fish one that just was obsessed with these <laughs> fish books and had all the <laughs> on my wall and stickers on my planners and stuff like that um and so i guess it was my way initially to just sort of be like hey guys this this is a real thing and this exists in the ocean like right on our doorstep um so i guess that's kind of how i got into it and it's just kind of my journey's continued onwards and upwards since then i guess
0: Oh I love that I love that you were one of the children that it like as soon as you met the ocean for lack of a better term you were like this is it this is this is what I'm meant to do kind of thing. Totally. totally. I love that. So had you been an artist throughout your life as well like did you always kind of gravitate towards art is that what kind of led you towards this uh, pursuing your art?
1: Um well for me I actually been really lucky enough to grow up with um my mum, who is an artist, so my mum was a stay-at-home mum uh, when she had me and my brother, um, but primarily both my parents are microbiologist scientists, so I always learnt to look at everything around me and question why it is, what it is, how it's built, where it's come from, and then for my mum to then become an artist from when I was a really young age, it was always... You know, days, rainy days at home were always, you know, let's get the paintbrushes out and we would paint what's in the garden and stuff. So I've always been really creative and it's always been something that I felt really passionate about and kind of like my go to safe space. Um, But I actually, my education is in um, performing arts. so I'm a trained physical theatre performer. Um, and I did that for several years, um, and I actually did my degree and a master's in it, but it was during that, I started diving just before I started university, and it was only then that that kind of, you know, I just grew up not really, even though I loved the ocean, I was obsessed with nature, um, I just for some reason hadn't really ever realized it was a career path I could, that was open, that I could take, so when I started diving, and I realized, oh wow, there's like professionals that do this here in the UK, and internationally, and Um, so for me I started my actual career as an artist about three years ago Um, I was doing it part-time while working another job in a theatre and then about two years ago I decided I really wanted to push it further and um, I well actually thankfully because of the dreaded c-word of COVID the last year when I was um, off from work I just really put invested everything I had into it and I've really pushed it the last year so I've been doing it for about three years, but full-time for about a year and a half now, I guess.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I love highlighting, sometimes I feel like water women focuses really heavily on like scientific water women and people that are choosing to pursue a career in science, which I love and I love supporting them. And it's super important to introduce that to young girls too. But I also feel like it's really important to introduce to people or explain to people that you can be involved, you can be a water woman, you can love the ocean, and it doesn't have to be your career path, like, you don't have to do a scientific journey to be a water woman, like, you can just love the ocean, and that's enough, kind of thing.
1: Absolutely, I mean, I think for me, like, I would have really loved to have pursued that career of marine biology, and I guess this is my kind of, my second shot at it, in a way, (laughs) a lot of my work supports conservation and and, um, marine biology, but for me, when I was at school, I just was never science and maths and stuff was just never my strong point, and so I, a career in it never seemed to be a possibility for me. Um, which is why I guess I went down the route of arts, um, which I've always really enjoyed, and it's the things I've learned are so applicable to so many other areas of work. But when I realised that it was a reality, you know, I've always been inspired by all these. Inc- there are, so, I mean, I could <laughs> reel off the names, but there are just so many fantastic. <laughs> conservationists and scientists that are the inspiration for my work but I believe that equally especially in the world we're in now where social media is so so uh, prominent I guess um, art is actually a really powerful tool of communication and it's kind of equally valid and holds its own in that space I think.
0: Absolutely it's super super important and we're gonna dive into that in a little bit but when did you and what made you want to start below and beyond art like your Instagram, your store, like, what was your, this is a great idea, I'm going to pursue this moment?
1: Um, For me, it started when I lived in Indonesia, in Bali for several months, uh, about three and a half years ago, doing my dive master, and it was when I was there that I kind of, I think I came, I mean, it is the most beautiful landscape there, and it's always stolen my heart there a little bit, I've been back there several times over the years, but Alongside that beauty, there's also a lot of damage, and there's also a lot of pollution, um, and just a lot of really severe impacts on the marine environment. And so, I I, when I went traveling, I took my sketchbook, I took my paints, and everywhere I went, I was always doodling at every chance I got, kind of thing. And then it was when I was doing my dive master that I thought, actually, this could be a really powerful way for me to spread awareness of these important things. So with my work, I mean. I consider myself to be an artist or um, an, a conservation artist. So, even though you know I create these illustrations and pieces of work that really highlight the beauty of the ocean, I also try to always put educational information um, or provide resources with my work so that people can say, "Oh, wow, that you know that's incredible." But also, you know, it's important as individuals that we take it upon ourselves to you know, educate ourselves on these things, because they're so prevalent. And they're all sort of impending threats on not just the ocean, but our whole way of living and the Earth's ecosystem. And so I think from that point, during my dive master, when I was seeing the impact that, you know, we as humans were having on the ocean and the species within it, um, it just really felt like something I needed to do. So I sort of I started, you know, this account, and I actually started it with the name Blow and Beyond Art, because I wasn't that confident with my work at the start. And I thought I was going to do this anonymously and no one will ever know. <laughs> and no it was me. and slowly, slowly, people just started saying, why don't you ever talk about yourself on there? Or what do you look like? And it's really weird how <laughs> social media works in that way. And I slowly kind of got pressured into um, showing my face on there a little bit more. And I guess now I'm actually really proud to... Um, be associated with my own artwork which sounds really silly but I think when you're you know because I was making that leap from one career to another I wasn't so sure if it was going to work out or whether people would like what I was doing Um, so I kind of just wanted a way to remove all those insecurities and I thought I'll do it anonymously Um, and yeah no so I've slowly built up I guess a bit of a reputation in that world and you know like yourself it's allowed me to connect with all the people that have always inspired me, which is probably one of the best things about it, I guess.
0: I love that. I It makes me laugh that you started out being like, no one's (laughs) got to know it's me. It's got to be a secret. And now like following you now is so funny because you're so involved and it's really fun to see that. So I love how that kind of progressed for you.
1: Yeah, totally. I think people, I think that's something I've really learned is that, you know, it's not just about what you create, it's about who you are and the person behind it and what you stand for. And I think that's kind of, almost I don't know if I don't really like using the word branding but I guess that's kind of the the uh, intent that I'm trying to push that it's not just about what I'm putting down on paper it's about what I want to do with my work and support charities and spread awareness of these threats so it does matter who's behind it and I think that's also you know it's just kind of how oh I don't know yeah
0: <laughs> you can absolutely
1: that, dribbled off there. no I
0: fully I fully agree it is kind of like it matters who you are because it could if it's a faceless thing it could be anyone running it it could be a corporation hiding behind a small account yeah. and like like it matters who you are and what you stand for and I love that you dedicated your time to this and showing what you stand for and why you want to protect our oceans. So it is springtime and I don't know about you, but when spring hits around here and the sun starts shining It starts getting a little warm out. I am in the mood to clean Now I've always been one to just go buy my cleaning supplies at the store grabbing like when I grab groceries or something And I tend to grab whatever is the cheapest that will do the job But it's always weighed heavily on my mind like man This is so much single-use plastic. Come on like do better but there's never any great alternatives. So when I was scrolling on TikTok one day and I saw Issa Vibe shop, I was so excited. With Issa Vibe, you get to save on plastic and money. These cleaning products are plastic-free, affordable, and so easy to use. They come in these little tablets that you drop into some water. I used an old Windex bottle that I was gonna throw out, but it got a second chance at life. You drop it in, you shake it up, and let it dissolve a little bit, and boom, cleaning product. You can get a glass cleaner, a foaming hand soap, a bathroom cleaner, and an all-purpose cleaner. A pack of three of one of these costs $9, and the starter kit that contains all four cleaners is available for just $12. And, as if that already isn't amazing, Water Women listeners get to save 20% on their purchases when they use the code WATERWOMEN. You can check out Issa Vibe at issavibeshop, that's I-S-A, v-i-b-e shop.com and don't forget to use code waterwomen when you purchase some products for 20% off so what type of art is it that you actually do like what mediums do you use to show your art
1: So I work primarily in watercolour and gouache. Um, It's my favourite medium to use because it's as cheesy as it might sound. It's kind of the fluidity of it is almost quite meditative for me. It's a really relaxing process. um, And it's, you know, you have to learn a lot about how the colours blend together. And I really enjoy working in that medium. Um. And it also allows me to bring out all the vibrant colours that you do really see underwater um, with the fish on the reef and, you know, the deep blues of the ocean and how it changes. So that's my favourite medium to work in. But I also work digitally. Um, I do quite a lot of digital illustrations on the side, which I guess I don't really showcase so much on my um, social media page. Um, but I've kind of as I've grown and my experience has grown, I've sort of started doing a lot of freelance stuff. Um, with like-minded small businesses, helping them develop their brand with, you know, ocean-related things as well. Um, but yeah, so mainly watercolour, I do digital and I also work in fineliner quite a lot as well, more pointillism stuff, but that's an incredibly, <laughs>
0: incredibly tough <laughs> medium because the, the hand cramp is very real when you're doing pointillism. Oh, absolutely. And the time consumption I can imagine with that. I mean, yeah. time consumption with all your art must be taking up, A good chunk of your day, but the pointillism—I couldn't even, I couldn't focus for long enough to do that by (laughs) any means.
1: Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's—it's really um, all the art that I create. It's really worthwhile, and the feeling you get when you finish a piece is really amazing. And there's nothing really to compare it to. But the time it takes for each piece—it's—it does take a really long time. I mean, a lot of my work is slowly. I start off really large scale, and I've slowly shrunk it down to a lot of my more recent uh, species that I've painted they're quite small then most of them are on an eight by eight canvas um so it's it's a lot of time but it's very fine work and it's really intricate but it's kind of it for me it's it's a uh, part of it's again it sounds a little bit cheesy but a part of my soul goes into it because you know it's the emotion behind it of what I'm trying to achieve with my work and the mission I'm on with my work um it means a lot to to spend that time so that I guess my hope with my artwork is to, for people who look at it to like kind of inspire the same passion that I feel. So I really want to do my best to do these species and these different environments justice, I guess.
0: Absolutely. Which actually brings me to a big question here. How do you think art plays a role in influencing people to care more about the environment or to, in a broader sense, like save our oceans?
1: I think for me, because of how I started and because of why I started my journey, it started because I was, you know, like I said, I wanted to show my friends and family who were disconnected from the ocean and that kind of nature and um, passion to try and make them understand why and, you know, maybe they couldn't come diving with me like say for instance my mum she's not a strong swimmer and you know even when we go to the beach and stuff she's always a bit scared to put her head under water but I want to be able to show her you know this is this is what exists under there and I think art in the world we live in now in such a visual world you know you look at any of these social media platforms the biggest focus is on the visual and I think art is a really powerful tool to Communicate with people who maybe are disconnected and it can engage them in something that they didn't realize was there. Um, and it can equally, on that same tangent, can help spread awareness of what's impacting it. Um, it's kind of, I think for me, art has always been when I did study art at school and learning through um, the stuff I've done at home as a kid. Art is very much a universal language and it's kind of, it doesn't, there's no barrier there. It's all about what you see in front of you and how it makes you feel. Um, and so I think that by stripping away all the kind of the daunting statistics or, you know, you should be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that. And if you can just see something that makes you engage and makes you want to care about it, I think that's, in some cases, that can be more powerful than, you know, reading an article because not everyone wants to sit down and read an article. I mean, in the world, me and you are in where we are connected with so many other water women. Yeah, of course we love it. But if you're just trying to get any, person from your average walk of life if you're trying to get them to connect and engage it's really important to find a medium that's accessible to everyone and I think art is a really accessible way because you know we're surrounded by it every day whether you realize it or not you know a design on a drinks packet or the poster on the side of a bus they're all visual mediums that are there to engage your your mind I guess um so I think in that way art has become a really powerful thing that can be kind of joined alongside with marine conservation and science because, you know, the stats are there. We all know how doom and gloom it all seems at the moment, but we need to find a way to engage everyone with it and not just the people that care about the ocean, you know, divers and scientists. We need to find a way to connect everyone. And I think
0: art is really the way forward with that. I think it's really powerful in that way. Absolutely. I love what you said about how it's a universal language. Like it's something that everybody understands and, there's no barrier there like if you see art you you know or it's evoking a feeling and you like it really there's no language barrier there it's just it's art and you can learn things from it
1: yeah totally and I think the other really important thing with it is there's no right or wrong it can make someone feel a whole like multitude of emotions or make them you know feel inspired to do join a beach clean or maybe go home and google that species and see oh wow what is that does that exist near me or is it endangered and i think kind of using art to to inspire people to do that is really such an important tool in modern society and you know i think that's why i'm i'm on the mission i am is because i think it's it's really valuable in the modern world and i think it goes even though now it seems almost like a revolutionary thing that artists are starting to collaborate with scientists and different charities and organizations. If you look back on, you know, really old scientific papers of like the deep sea and stuff like that, there's always been illustrations there because that's the only way, you know, you look at uh, Leonardo da Vinci, you know, he used artwork to explain anatomy and science and it's a really visual way to break down, like we said, like break down the barriers And help people to understand in a different way. And I think that alternative perspective is absolutely crucial when you're trying to engage a wider audience.
0: Absolutely. And I love that your focus is on the animals of the ocean because I feel like it kind of inspires people to learn about them and, like, gives them, like, it introduces them to them in a very easy, accessible way. So I love that that's what you've chosen to focus on.
1: Yeah, no, I really, I think for me, that's kind of, I think that was, I don't know, that was kind of, it started a little bit on my own endeavour, because when I started diving, I didn't know a lot of these species existed. And so I'd be, you know, diving on a reef, and I'd be like, wow, what is that? And then I'd sort of be like, pointing at it to my dive guide, like, when we, you know, when we get up there, please tell me what that is, you know? And I remember the first thing that I was absolutely mesmerised by was, um, a juvenile boxfish, And I'd never seen one before. I had no idea what it was. And I think it was my first dive when I got to Bali, probably about six years ago now. And I just thought it was the most incredible, weird little thing that I'd ever seen. And I'd never heard of it before, you know. Um, So I think part of when every, if anyone has ever looked at my social media, especially Instagram, every time I paint a different species, I write a lot of information about that species below. And I try to make it kind of short and brief but kind of spreading awareness of uh if there's any threats that impact it or their sort of their behavior and the environment they live in what part of the world do they live in um kind of for myself I learned so much you know every day I'm painting but I'm also reading a lot I digest so much information all the time about all these different species and I love learning about it and I hope that the people that see my work also enjoy reading about it because you know it's, it is nice to look at beautiful art, but then equally to learn something as well is kind of like an added bonus.
0: Oh, absolutely. There's been times that you've shared a photo of like, like there was one about a sunfish or like the molomolas. And yeah. I, I would see those at work and I was reading about like Coastal Guardian and whatnot. And I was like, this is so cool. I did not know this much work was going into saving the reefs and whatnot. And just like, you always learn something new with your posts. It's so cool
1: yeah yeah i mean those are one of again another primary example of a species i didn't really know much about and it was only when i i was really lucky enough to dive with them in indonesia and they are just the strangest most alien looking species and they're so big and kind of of a bit derpy as well they're just so wonderful (laughs) to watch you know and um but again that you know they're just so fascinating because they start life off as like you know almost the size of your thumbnail and then they grow into these mammoth strange species um and, you know, I just really enjoy, really enjoy sharing that information, because I think often as well, the weird and quirky ones are the ones that stick out for people that, you know, you remember that random weird fact you heard one time, you know, and I think that's yes, cool
0: the fun part is what makes it fun, like the the fun facts we yeah. in today's in the episode with Beck Wellard, actually, that's going up today, the day we're recording this. Uh, we talk a lot about how like fun facts can draw people in yeah and it's just you'll be like hey did you know that like one of an octopus's tentacles is in fact its penis and people are like what <laughs> no and I'm like let me tell you more like let's go I've got lots here yeah I've got time <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird how much I know about these things like these not not in like a academic sense just like these weird fun facts and it's the only thing in my brain honestly at this point but I mean but that's the kind of I
1: guess that's kind of one of the um underlying reasons I do it right because it starts a conversation and that's what art's supposed to do and that's what these little fun facts are supposed to do because you'll go hey did you know this about an octopus you'll be like no and then you'll have that conversation with someone um and I think that's where conservation work really starts it's where you engage someone's curiosity to be like what I didn't know that was there or I didn't know that's how that worked um I think that's really important for all uh like elements of conservation in this modern day is to get people to want to talk about it and want to ask questions
0: absolutely so actually that leads me to our next question (laughs) what do you hope to use your art like what emotions or actions for change are you hoping that your art brings about
1: so, I think for me, because of the sort of history of wanting to be a marine biologist, but never having sort of the strength in the science like area, I guess. Um, so, with my work, I want to be able to support marine charities and organizations. And that's a really key part of um, the process that I'm in at the moment. So, I've developed lots of relationships with charities and organizations, non for profit ones. Um, and what I am seeking to do is. There are certain prints or paintings or commissions that are partnered with these different people, and it helps me raise awareness of the work that they're doing. Because there are some amazing, there are uh, there are loads in all corners of the world right now that are working really tirelessly and fiercely to protect the ocean or certain species. And so, I hope that with my work, I can support them. And so, not just raising awareness, but also a, a percentage of my profits also goes directly to them. Um, Each piece is tied with a different one at the moment. I've just released um, a new series of prints, seven prints, and each one is tied with a different charity or non-for-profit organization. And so as well as reaching out to the people that see my work on my platform, I hope to also draw in more people to spread awareness of these charities because there are some really small ones that I really, I really have so much belief in and they're doing such valuable work. You know, there's, one uh, thresher shark indonesia and coral guardian and stuff that are all they're relatively small but they just are doing such incredible and such powerful work that i believe that with my art i can help spread their message further i also kind of feel that with my work i'm trying to create like an archive and without it sounding too depressing what i never want to happen with my work is to be an archive of things that once existed i want it to be an archive of all the amazing things that we do have whether it's on your doorstep or in a far-flung destination across you know across the oceans you know with my work i'm trying to articulate the magic of the ocean but support the amazing work that is being done on the front line and the people that are working really tirelessly to do that um and so i will i mean i feel like i'm still quite early in my journey um But I consider my work to kind of be a form of storytelling. And I think by being able to spread awareness and tell the stories of these amazing um, charities and organisations that I can support them and help them with their journey too. And I think also the people that buy my work and support my work, I think it's quite an important thing for them as well. You know, they're not just buying a, a beautiful illustration of a whale, they're also supporting a charity that is actively trying to protect whales as well. So it's kind of a almost creating a bit of a circle of life thing you know it's it's not just one business you're supporting or one individual you're supporting another charity and also the species itself and I think that's really important to me and it will continue to
0: be I think throughout my journey I love that and I love that you're choosing to work with like partners and organizations that mean a lot to you and their core values are important and like an end goal kind of thing yeah yeah so you've said that you've had the chance to work with like shark guardian and manta trust. Like tell yeah. us a little bit about those organizations and why the two, the two of them are the ones that you found important. Like why was it those ones that you were like, yes, I love that. And this is what I want to work with.
1: And um, so my first relationship or partnership I established was with manta trust. And, um, and to be truthful, manta rays were the first thing that really, they were the first kind of megafauna species that I saw. And I just, thought they were the most magical and elegant things I'd ever seen. And when I sort of realized how much threat they were under, I mean, the first time I saw a manta ray was in Crystal Bay in um, just off Bali on one of the dive sites. And even though the moment was so, just so awe inspiring, at the same time, there was a plastic bag floating by, you know, and it was just kind of like mm. this heartbreaking Juxtaposition of this natural beauty compared to what the humans were doing to the environment that it lived in. Um, And so when I started trying to figure out how can I help that, what can I do to not, you know, I know me on my own couldn't prevent it, but what can I do to contribute towards that? um and manta trust were a charity that were very much on my radar um because i mean rays are also my favorite species so i would always been very aware of their work and i thought actually if i can create work that supports them um that would be the best thing i could do with my art and so that was the first time i realized that i could reach out to a charity and they were they're such an incredible team and they're a really hard-working team um and they sort of welcomed me with open arms and took me on board straight away. And so, again, I now have uh, two prints that a percentage of my sales goes directly towards them. Um, so that was the first one I established. And then Shark Guardian was closely afterwards because they had the petition, you know, with the uh, the finning in the EU. and yes. stuff like that. They were running a lot of petitions about that last year, which is now, thankfully, a lot of it's come. The fruit fruition of that has kind of come through and, you know. We're, we're starting to see some progress but that was very much a prominent thing in in my world at that point because it was relevant to the UK in the loophole where you could bring shark fins into the UK and all these things that I thought oh my gosh like that it's so awful that that's happening but again how many people outside of the marine conservation realm were aware of that you know and so I thought right I need to <laughs> they're the next people I want to support and so I think that's how I established. Um, all of these relationships that I've now got, I now work with about, um, I believe it's is coming up to nine charities that my different work supports. Um, and I think that's, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to help spread awareness of what they're doing and why it's so important. Um, and I hope to continue to grow that kind of, I guess, <laughs> list of people that I can support. And those two just happened to be the first two that I worked with, and they 're both i mean shark Guardian is a really small team, but they do some really ground breaking work um and you know they 're very prominent on social media as well and I thought that they were a really a really beneficial um charity to support basically and um yeah they're really wonderful people as well as hard working and I thought well, if anyone deserves more support and someone to shout about their work, I was going to do it
0: I love that I love that they're I love that that question led us down this road or I love that that question had such a significant answer for you and it wasn't just because like oh they reached out to me they wanted to work together it was like no I really supported these guys and what they were doing so I wanted to help them like I love that you put so much of yourself into this and really stand for something and want to pursue this like ocean love kind of thing
1: yeah I think so and I think for me as well um I'm quite, I've learned to be quite actively putting myself out there. You know, I'm not, I'm not interested in the fame or thousands of followers or something. It's about trying to create meaning to my work. I don't just want to create pictures and self loads of things, you know, I want to actually, because the ocean is the thing I care the most about, you know, so what, what's the point of me doing all of this stuff if it's not to benefit it? So um, I actively put myself out there i reach you know if i paint a picture i think oh i'd love to make a print of this i'll even if i don't even if a charity or organization doesn't spring to mind i'll then start doing research and i'll be like right which charity um promotes the conservation of uh, humpback whales for instance like one i've done recently and so i spent a long time just looking through and reaching out to charities and saying i'd just really like to support you is that okay um and as with most charities they sort of do welcome you and <laughs> I'm very glad and happy for the support as they should be supported anyway, I guess.
0: Absolutely. So when you're painting or when you're doing your art, do you have a favorite ocean animal that you love to, love to draw or love to paint? And one that's like really hard and you kind of like not dread it, but you're like, okay, I got to buckle down. I just got to push through it.
1: And um, that's a really good question because I think more recently, I've started to draw i wouldn't always say megafauna but like the bigger things in the ocean, so sharks and rays and whales um But when I started um my journey into being an artist, I actually was and still quite obsessed with just drawing the weird little fish that you see on a reef that maybe no one really knows the name of um. I love the vibrancy of like the smaller fish and how even something maybe that's the size of your fingernail has about 500 colors in it, all different shades. And it's, I find those really, they just spark the imagination in my head. And I kind of enjoy the challenge of finding a way to illustrate that as best as I can. So I love drawing the like, yeah, smaller, intricate things. Um, And weirdly enough, I have started to do them more and I'm trying to push through this kind of mental block and barrier that I've created for myself. But I actually find the bigger species, like sharks and rays and whales, um, the hardest thing to paint. And I don't, I think for me, it's actually kind of like a weird anxiety that I can't do them justice because they're such magnificent species. Like, if anyone's ever been lucky enough to dive with any kind of shark or any kind of ray, they just have this kind of. I don't, like almost like an aura about them and their skin textures are so unique because they're not they're not like tiny scales or anything it's like this the the sort of sheen thing the skin that they have that kind of sometimes it's almost iridescent and it changes in the light and how the light reflects off their skin and so i always find them the sharks particularly and rays quite difficult even though they're my favorite things to see in the ocean um yeah I think there's always just kind of the worry that I can't do them justice so I kind of I try to shy away from it but I'm I'm now in a place where I'm really trying to push myself and get better at it. I, I think that's something with my art is that even from where I was a year ago to now I can see the difference in my work and I think I quite often get asked on Instagram like oh how do you get good at drawing or how do you paint a shark and it's like honestly like I've (laughs) I've not had any formal training yes I'm incredibly lucky that my mum has taught me so much and she's a really successful artist so I've had that benefit hugely but the true answer that I always say and I think people get annoyed is it's just kind of like you just have to keep drawing you just have to keep painting it's just practice um and so I think for me I'm now trying to push through the boundary of all the things that i was scared or didn't feel like i could do well enough and i'm just like i'm just gonna do it put myself out there and hope that people think it's okay um oh i love that so yeah i guess yeah ironically I hear- sharks and rays which are my favorite but i'm i'm trying
0: <laughs> it can i'm sure it can be overwhelming being like i need to get this perfect i need to like i i am not artistic in the least i cannot draw stick figures and i have always been incredibly (laughs) jealous of people that could i think part of the reason i can't is also because like aside from my lack of talent i i just like if i draw something and it looks wrong i'm like that's it i'm done i can't i can't continue this like i'm not a perfectionist but if i don't like the way something looks immediately i will not try anymore so i'm like no i'm not good at art That's
1: something that I battle with all the time because I am a massive perfectionist. Um, And so even though, you know, I'm able to post fairly often on my social medias and, you know, showcase what work I'm doing, it has no comparison to the amount of work I actually generate because I'm always painting every day. And I just have this stack of paintings that I've always been like, oh, it's not good enough. Even if I spent, you know, 10 hours on it, you know, it takes me that long to go, oh, no, I just it's not working, you know. Um, and I think that's kind of it's kind of the joys of painting, because you kind of have to you pick up different techniques that do work and what colours work well together. And there's there's quite a lot of um There's quite a lot of theory behind art. And if you, if you haven't had traditional or formal training in it, you do have to l- learn through trial and error and um, and so being a perfectionist as I am that's, it's always it can be quite a frustrating
0: process really oh but- I don't doubt it even one little bit I admire you for what you do because I could absolutely never do it and, and make it my career that I focus yeah. on because it just I'm in awe that you're able to do that you're amazing
1: thank you so much (laughs) no it's not it's not an easy journey you know I have to be honest I think becoming a freelancer um, especially as an artist is probably one of the scariest things I've (laughs) ever done but um, you just have to be dedicated to it and practicing your practice and perfecting your craft I guess it's the key to anything creative but I also think Um, one piece of advice I got from a friend who was an artist many years ago was because I kept saying oh I just keep trying to draw and I'm rubbish and I can't do it and she was like don't screw up the piece of paper and start again you just have to keep and figure out what it is you're doing wrong or what it is that's not looking right and if you keep working out your eyes kind of adjust and you can see where to improve things and so that's quite often part of my process now where I'll sit and I'll paint for you know nine ten hours and then I'll go "Mm, it's not feeling quite right so I just put it away I'll put it away for maybe several days sometimes a couple of weeks and then I'll come back to that piece and I'll go oh okay I can see what wasn't working there now um so it's kind of a lot of my paintings they're done in several sittings and so it gives me the opportunity to reflect and kind of constructively criticize my own work and figure out what's not working but that process is always um can be very frustrating at times but it's definitely a rewarding one
0: absolutely I don't doubt that one bit and I'm sure like hearing the feedback from people and like how much they love their prints must make it all worth it at the end of the day
1: yeah I mean I can never really get over that feeling when someone else wants a piece of my art in their home, I just find it it's such, even now, having done it for a few years, I just still find it really mind-blowing. <laughs> someone likes it enough to not only spend their hard-earned money, but also to hang it in their homes. I mean, i I'm a huge advocate for supporting other artists and small business so I mean my room looks like an art gallery it's a little bit ridiculous but I've got hundreds of paintings and prints from other artists and I kind of use them for inspiration but the fact that someone else would want mine in their home is still something I'm so so grateful for but it does continually blow my mind still
0: (laughs) I love that Uh, so actually speaking of that if there's someone listening here to this episode today and they want to check out your art or purchase your art where can they find you on social media and where can they purchase your art
1: okay so I mean I'm most active on Instagram so you can find me at below and beyond art um, I also have a website which is uk. and you can if you're ever wanting a commission or a bit of uh, or an original painting that you'd like to have in your home then you can just reach out to me via private message or um, direct message and other than that I sell a lot of stuff on my Etsy store and I'm hoping to now that restrictions are lifting here in the UK I've actually got a couple of um uh craft and illustration markets that I'm taking place in London which I'll be advertising soon if anyone ever wants to come and say hello um but yeah I think it's it's something I'm still, there's a lot of things I'm still learning because a really important thing for me, given what I'm trying to push with my work is to create a sustainable business as well. So even though I'm only small, I try to make sure my footprint on the world is as small as possible. So anything anyone buys from me is always made with a lot of love, of course, but also it's always plastic free packaging. Everything is biodegradable and, um, eco-friendly. Even some of my prints are printed on uh, hemp and agave paper as well, which is a really friendly and sustainable alternative to a lot of art papers these days, because there can be a lot of chemicals and unsustainably sourced art papers as well. So it's really important as an artist that I'm not just, you know, doing it just for the sake of it you know I've tried to keep my values and my ethics consistent throughout all of my work and all of the small business basically but if anyone does want to support me that would be really wonderful and I really appreciate you even asking
0: me that thank you absolutely well I will definitely be looking into it that humpback whale photo is calling my name <laughs> I do feel torn because I do currently in my room have like Six different humpback whale photos, oh prints, goodness. art things. So I feel like I should maybe expand my uh, my taste here a little bit. I could just make um, a look, whale gallery. That's fine. I, sh- I just have like a shrine to humpback whales at this point. Like it's it's getting to be a problem. There is nothing wrong <laughs> so, <any> with <of> that. <laughs> I'll definitely check out some of the other prints, but that humpback whale print is going in my cart ASAP. <laughs> Thank you so but much. It has been absolutely awesome to get to chat with you today and I can't wait for everyone to hear this and go check out your absolutely beautiful art and regardless of if if they purchase or if they just follow along with you on Instagram I'm so excited for them to see the art that you share and the education that you
1: share. Thank you so much and thank you so much for having me on here today it's it's a surreal experience to be um, have the opportunity to feature on your podcast having listened to it for
0: so long but um, thank you so much, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Water Women Podcast I love sharing these stories with you and I love that you love to listen make sure if you like the podcast you're leaving a review and liking and subscribing to the podcast, it really helps us out you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Water Women Podcast and on Twitter at Water Women Pod you can also check out more from us including quizzes, blog posts, and shop our site at waterwomenpodcast.ca. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, stay salty!